we come to train our minds. And we've been doing this already through chanting the praises of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And then we've come to study this verse on the Eightfold Noble Path. So when we say it's eightfold, what that means is that it has eight aspects, or it has eight things in it. And it starts with wisdom. It's right view, samaditi, this is concerned with wisdom. And um, having correct view. And what this means is that we, we bring our, li- our views in line with truth uh, to do with suffering, the causes for the arising of suffering the cessation of suffering and the practice that leads to that cessation of suffering. And so this is something that we've all studied before, we've all read about uh, before. And we know that wisdom in the Buddha's dispensation is knowledge in the Four Noble Truths. And perhaps a question which has been in our hearts for a long time now, is what can we do to be freed from suffering? Because none of us like the suffering at all. And um, ever since we were born, we've met with the stress, the suffering, constantly without letting up. There can be the suffering that comes from lacking in the four requisites, from wanting something but not getting it, from being afraid. These are all forms of suffering. And the hate, the fear that we feel, this is suffering in the heart. But there's also ignorance ignorance around this. And we don't have knowledge about these things. We think that they are me. And so the suffering comes up because we still have a me and a mine my possessions. And this becomes the cause then for suffering. And when the causes and conditions are present, then that suffering will have to appear. But if we can put down those causes and conditions, then that suffering can't arise. And so this path and the means of practice to relieve ourselves from suffering, the Buddha's taught that already, which is the way of sila, samadhi, and panya, a virtue, collectedness and wisdom. So the sila is something that we understand already, Um, this virtue and composure over actions of body and speech, having vinaya, a sense of orderliness. And uh, for the lay people, this means the five or the eight precepts. For the monks, the 227 precepts, this is the vinaya. And this is something that we need to study so that we understand it very clearly and very well. So the veneer is that which brings a sense of order and kind of manages our body and speech. And samadhi and sati, this collectedness and firm establishment of the mind and mindfulness is what um, establishes the heart and makes it settle. And we gain this knowledge here in the present moment. And we can use that um, to practice. So we abandon harmful states. And harmful states that haven't yet arisen, we don't allow them to arise. And we need to put our effort in here. 
any skillful states which have yet to arise, we give rise to them. And for those that have arisen, arisen already, and then we nourish them, we nurture them, we look after them. And so we see that a wheel that has eight spokes is very strong. So the Dhamma Jaka, this wheel of Dhamma, it has eight spokes to it. And uh, what that means is these eight factors of the path. And this is a path that no one taught before the Buddha. And the Buddha came to know this path and then he taught it to us so that we can gain true peace. So peace of our body, this is sila, virtue. Our peace of mind, this is samadhi. And the peace which is free from defilements, this is wisdom. So we should look at our hearts, our minds, and think, or look at what kind of thoughts are there. What intentions do we have? So there may be um, a liking, an attraction towards something, and so there can be the intention to find delight in that thing. Finding delight in forms, in sounds, in odors, in tastes, in tactile sensations, the things that we find desirable. And also when painful experiences arise and we don't like that, then there can be the intention of ill will, of trying to harm that. Um, But for our intentions to be correct and right, um, they need to be freed from ill will. They need to be freed from this finding pleasure in sensuality, uh, but rather to uh, find pleasure instead in the holy life. And we establish our minds in this way. So in the Noble Path, these two aspects of wisdom, samaditi, right view, and samasankapo, right intention. And then we come to sila, Uh, which is right speech, right action, right livelihood. (laughs) So when we make our way in the world, when we uh, make a living, we need to do this in a way that's right, in a way that is virtuous, that's moral. And even though that may mean that we don't get a huge amount of wealth, it's still enough for us to be able to live with happiness. And the money that we do earn is clean, it's pure. And so next there's uh, some wayama, this right effort. And uh, this comes into the samadhi uh, area of the noble path. Also in that is the aspect of right mindfulness and right samadhi. So if we're going to talk about this noble path in brief, we say that it's sila, samadhi, and panya, or in full, it's the eightfold noble path. And when sila, samadhi, and panya gather together, they all come into one single entity, which is able to destroy the defilements and allow us to reach uh, maga, pala, and nibbana, the paths, the fruits, and nibbana. And um, so we practice in this way. But sometimes there can be some questions that arise. And there was one time when some wise monks, they traveled all over the world asking various knowledgeable and wise teachers. And they eventually came to what Gornok, 
where Lumpu Cha was at the time, and I was attending on him. And these monks, um, they were from overseas, and they wore grey robes. And uh, Lumpu Cha, he told the lay people who were around that they should bow to these monks, because the lay people, they probably didn't understand that they were monks, because they were wearing a different colour robe than what the monks in Thailand do. And just like how if we go to other countries, um, Mahayana countries, then the people there may not know that we are monks. And they may ask, well, why um, are we wearing these strange colors? Why don't we have any eyebrows? Why don't we have dots on our heads like the um, Mahayana monks do? So they came to ask Lumpucha some questions concerned with the practice. Why do we need to practice? What for? Why do we do it? How do we practice? And when we practice, what results do we get? And so Lumpucha answered them. But they'd already probably read the answers to these questions before, to do with suffering and freedom from suffering. Um, but those answers probably didn't go very deep into their hearts. So Lumpucha, he asked them back. That was his way of answering the question, was to ask some questions back. And he asked them, why do you need to eat? And so his wisdom it arose immediately. He was able to answer the question or respond immediately. Why do you need to eat? What for? How do you eat? And when you've eaten, what result do you get from that? So he answered in this way, in the manner of wise beings. And he let the people who asked the question um, think about it um, for themselves. And so when I was sitting there, I asked myself these questions. Well, why do I need to eat? I eat because I'm hungry. The body's hungry and that's suffering for the body. And so I eat in order to relieve that hunger, that suffering. And how do I eat? Well, I get some rice, I put it in my mouth, and I chew it, and I swallow it. And what that means is this is the method of practice, walking this marga, this path. And the result that we gain from that eating is to not be hungry anymore, which means that we don't suffer anymore. So really it's easy. The practice is just this. Um, but bringing about the cessation of suffering, it does require our efforts as well. The reason that we suffer in this present moment because, is because of the attachments that we have. So we need to train ourselves. But in training, we also need to be cautious as well because sometimes we want to get very quick results. We want to experience the fruits of our practice very quickly. And just like how many things these days, we get them very quickly. We have fast food, for instance, but we see that all fast things, they have their downsides to them as well. And if we want something very quickly, that's desire. And the more desire we have, the less able we are to get it. But even so, some practitioners want results really quickly. And one of them asked Lumpucha this question, 
how can I get quick results? And so Lumpucha, his wisdom was very quick and very agile. And he was able to answer uh, the question very fast. And also due to his great amount of wisdom, the person who asked the question thought that he'd probably know the answer. He'd probably know a very quick route, a shortcut route uh, to take us out of suffering. And so he answered, well, if you want the shortcut route, then don't do anything. And he answered immediately. But as I was sitting there listening to him, I thought, well, if we don't do anything, then how do we go? How do we proceed? We just sit around, we don't do anything, then how's wisdom supposed to arise? But that's how he answered. And it's something that really makes us kind of think about it, to contemplate it, to mull it over. It's like if one person has a bowl of rice that's already cooked, and then they eat it, and they eat until they're full, then they don't suffer, they don't have any hunger left because they're full. But there's another person who's still hungry. They don't have the money to buy any food. So what should they do? And they come and ask the person who's full already, well, how do I fill up my stomach very quickly? What do I do? And the person who's already eaten, they say, well, don't do anything. Just sit there. There's no need to do anything. Just feel full already. So that means that this person already has knowledge. They already have mindfulness, they already have samadhi, they already have inner peace. So they don't need to do anything, just let go. But for those who haven't yet got there, they need to train first. They need to develop mindfulness, samadhi and wisdom, because they don't yet have these qualities. So in order to bring up mindfulness and samadhi, this requires a foundation of sila and virtue first. In order to rein in these defilements to a degree first. So if we're feeling angry or annoyed, then we don't allow that to spill out through our speech. And so we maintain good control over our actions of body and speech and keep these within the bounds of virtue, of the precepts. And so we do need to train our minds well. And if the practice isn't really getting anywhere, then we just endure. We need to bring up this forbearance. For the laity, um, the first stage of the practice is generosity. And we try and do this uh, continuously. And uh, through this, then, the mind can feel filled up with the merit that we've done. And then we come to take up the precepts as well. But having done this, having been generous, having taken up these precepts, we then need to put an effort into our meditation, to sit in meditation. This is something that we do need to do to bring the mind to peace. Because we don't know how long these lives are going to last for. And some people... They may be 60 years old already, 70 years old already, and they don't know how long their lives are going to stay for. Maybe it's 20 more years, maybe 30 more years. And so we need to be really firm in this path of practice and meditation to not neglect it. So we chant it to be so, and praise the Buddha, and do this many times, in the space of one day, at least 108 times. 
just chanting through the praises of the Buddha only. Uh, But if we do much more than that, then that's okay as well. That's good as well. And uh, chanting in this way is a great form of merit. It's a very high form of skillfulness, of kusala. So we have developed the merit through generosity and virtue already. Uh, But if we've just done a little bit of meditation, then we need to come and do a lot and to really take up this practice of meditation. We need to train our minds so that they gather into samadhi. And because we want to see the Dhamma, we want to know what these Four Noble Truths are really like. We want to experience the paths, the fruits, and Nibbāna. We want to know what is a Sotapanna like. And so wanting to know these things, we have to train ourselves in order to reach these things. We need to put in our efforts, we need to be sincere. And we've been born into this life and had this great fortune to meet with the teachings of the Buddha, and this is a very great form of merit for us, that we've found this path that takes us out of suffering. So why don't we practice it? And if we don't practice, then when we die, where will we go? Will we meet with these teachings again? If we fall into the lower realms, it's very difficult to climb back up again. And um, even if we go up to heaven, that's just a temporary form of happiness, and we need to fall again. And it's really not sure, as well, where we'll go. Uh, Because, for the most part, devas, these uh, celestial beings, when they die, they fall into the lower realms, into hell. And the kind of the happy destination of a deva is the human world. But for us, we're already in the human world, so we should really practice. And um, meditate, bring up this form of merit, this form of skillfulness. So we already keep our virtue well. Um, so we should do a lot of bhavana. Do this a lot, develop it a lot, because this opportunity that we have now is so good. And at the very least, we'll be able to reduce the number of lives that we have in the cycle of birth and death. We should bring it to the state so that there's no eighth life. And Lupucha, he said that this is um, the level of a sotapanna. They have no eighth life. They've fallen into the stream of the Dhamma. And so we need to set our hearts on this and take it for real, to really focus on this meditation. And if we do it for real, then we'll have to see reality. We'll have to get real results. But if we just do it some amount and just let our hearts go some amount and practice like this, if we throughout the space of each day, allow our hearts to get delighted and amused in the things of this world, then we won't be able to get samadhi and wisdom just won't arise. So we really need to to take it for real, to be sincere, to contemplate every day, using our wisdom to get into samadhi, and that's an appropriate form of practice, to see anicca, dukkha, anatta, this inconstancy, stress, and not self to see the true state of the Dhamma. And to gain samadhi, this firm establishment of mind, we need to train ourselves, we need to put in a lot of effort to do it a lot, develop it a lot. 
And if we do that, then we'll have to see the Dhamma, the truth, with clarity. So may all of you really set your hearts on this, because this opportunity is so good. You've been born into a human life, you have a body that's strong, so use that to sit in meditation, walk in meditation. And so may all of you be sincere in this.